Welcome to the Beyond Capital Podcast. In our purpose-driven world, leadership is increasingly crucial. Now, more than ever, stakeholders are demanding the integration of social values and causes in everything from shoes to soap to investments. We are bringing you the stories of leaders that are marrying profit with purpose. I'm Eva Yazari, CEO of Beyond Capital. And I'm Ed Stevens, CEO of Appreciate. And this is the Beyond Capital Podcast. Today's guest is Kristen Richman, CEO of Revolution Foods. Kristen is co-founder and CEO of Revolution Foods. She founded Revolution in 2005 to directly address food insecurity for low-income students. The company designs after-school and community programs and offers nutrition education for low-income communities. Revolution Foods is also ranked as one of the healthiest school meal providers in the U.S. Prior to founding Revolution Foods, Kristen was vice president at RISE, Resources for Indispensable Schools and Educators, and she started her career in investment banking at Citigroup. Let's dive in. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So just to kick it off, uh, childhood obesity has more than doubled in the last 30 years. And um, you also have a very impressive and diverse background coming from different industries. Can you tell us what led you to found Revolution Foods back in 2005? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I do. I I started in finance, um, but quickly moved actually overseas to Kenya to help start a school in Nairobi and had an amazing chance to support educators in starting a school. And one of one of my jobs eventually became um, teaching. And I had a chance to be in the classroom and saw firsthand uh, the very, very clear link, uh, link between healthy students and nutrition um, and their ability to engage in class and be attentive and be set up for success, um, both in the classroom and outside of the classroom. So I uh, through that experience, teaching and building a school, um, you know, for me, it was very solidified that great nutrition is a key lever for setting youth up for success, both in and out of the classroom. Yeah, I mean, studies have shown that providing healthy school meals has been has a positive correlation to academic outcomes as well. Um, so that that makes a lot of sense. You're also a parent. Uh, we read that you signed your first term sheet with an investor while you were in labor. <laughs> I did <laughs> with my first son, Watts, uh, Revolution Foods, and my first baby were born at the same time. <laughs> That's a great story. Incredible. Um, why did you start Revolution Foods as a business rather than a nonprofit focusing on children's health? You know, that's a, a great um, and critical piece of the story. My co-founder and I, and and we still work together today, um, she is also a a mom um, since building the company, Kirsten Toby. We also, so we not only saw the the criticality of the impact link of nutrition and setting youth up for success, but we also looked at the business space of, um, in this case, um, school meals. Since then, as you mentioned, we've expanded to really serve a broader citywide wellness platform. But what we saw was, you know, we're looking at a, a very large market, somewhere in the 15 to $20 billion space. And there weren't many solutions for well-crafted, nutritious, affordable meal products 
for students and schools. And so we saw a big business opportunity to uh, start a company that would provide um, exactly that. Now we call it kid-inspired, chef-crafted, clean-label meals for schools and families around the country. Um, we saw a wonderful opportunity to merge both impact and business um, and to create what would become Revolution Foods. The other reason we decided to start a for-profit is, you know, from the get-go, and I think all entrepreneurs have a sense of whether they're kind of starting something smaller and local versus starting something that they have ambitions to scale uh, nationally or even globally, you know, we definitely were in the latter category. Um, there's not a right or wrong, but our, our feeling was this is a, a national issue. Um, there are so many communities that deserve and so many schools that deserve better uh, nutrition for their students. So we want to set something up to scale quickly and our, um, you know, our instinct at that point was starting a for-profit given the actual business opportunity and the ability to raise capital to scale once we had the model um, together would be the best way to have the most impact and, and grow the most successful company. And you've achieved a lot. Your company works with over 2,500 schools and serves 2.5 million meals a week, including 1.2 million servings of fruit in more than 400 cities, which is incredible. Um, you also have about 1,500 employees. What's it like to run such a, a national business, such a business at scale? And a service company. Well, <laughs> well you're exactly right. We, you know, design, um, source, design, produce, and distribute over 2 million meals a week. And it's, um, you know, it's a very, it's a complex business operationally. So anytime you have a multi-unit business nationally, um, you know, you are very focused on the, the management uh, locally, the execution locally, um, making sure that you're delivering excellence across a broad array of communities. So I would say, you know, each day brings both a lot of joy and connection to the mission and the impact we're having, as well as just an acute awareness of the criticality of leadership team and operations. Um, and certainly the deep community connections that we've built, which really, really serve as the base for everything because without the student um, and family insight into what we actually should be designing, um, you know, we don't, that's what we pride ourselves on as a platform is, is creating those respectful and culturally relevant meals. So it's, uh, it's both uh, humbling and exhilarating, I would say. As a CEO, can you walk us through a, a, a day and what your day looks like? Sure. There, there are no two days that are the same, and I'm sure you hear that a lot, but a lot of my focus is on um, you know, not just sort of setting a vision and motivating people towards that vision, but really, um, you know, recruiting and developing incredible talent and giving my team um, everything that I feel they need to succeed and really listening to their feedback um, because we are a larger company now and making sure that um, the team has the support they need to succeed. So a long time ago, you know, right out of the gate, it grew well beyond um, the two co-founders and, you know, is really a, a team effort 100% of the time. Um, you know, I also focus a lot on those deep community connections. So you will 
see me, you know, at least once a week out in school communities, uh, meeting with students, meeting with school leaders, sometimes meeting with superintendents and, you know, mayors, um, kind of city leaders and families, um, understanding what are, how are we doing and what are some of the needs that still exist and looking at, you know, additional ways that we can address food access. So, um, you know, we've expanded, we, our schools are our heart and soul. We also serve after school. We also serve pre-K. Um, you know, we're starting to look at um, other vulnerable populations like the senior community. So I'm thinking a lot about who are we serving? How can we have the most impact? Um, and then last but not least is just making sure that we're financially healthy and, um, you know, sustainable as a company. So we do a lot of work around what I would call optimization internally, making sure that we're operating efficiently, making sure that we have the right um, processes in place, making sure that, you know, we are constantly uh, trying to learn really you know, learn, reflect, and improve. Um, as you guys know, building a company from, in our case, you know, zero to effectively 150 million in revenue means you're going through multiple stages. And so mm -hmm. that's where the humbling part comes in. It's looking at, you know, what have we learned? What is no longer working that needs to be um, reset? And where are we doing well and really leaning into that? So it's just a constant building building learning process. Kristen, you know, one thing that comes to my mind as you're talking about meeting with the mayors and, and so on is that, you know, so the issue of, you know, food in schools is pretty politicized, at least from my point of view, it seems like, um, you know, big food gets involved, you know, they've got products that they want to sell to schools and um, maybe the gloves come off or maybe there's just legitimate different opinions of what healthy really means. Um, I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, obviously you've been very successful in navigating those waters, um, but what is your, you know, way of, of, of thinking about that issue and, and how have you been successful in, you know, clearly, um, overcoming that and serving a lot of healthy meals? Is it, is it just, uh, you know, waiting them out or, or, or what, how do you, how do you deal with the politics side of, of your business? Well, it's it's interesting that you say that. It is a politicized issue. However, um, you know, I don't think anyone at this point is debating the importance of nutrition and setting students up for success. And we are now fortunate enough to have data, um, and you mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, data linking our nutrition approach to academic outcomes. So we just um, received our second study, basically correlating, it was a study that was focused on Texas, Massachusetts, New York, and Louisiana over multiple years, looking at schools that use Revolution Foods as a partner um, in nutrition and correlating the academic results to that period of time um, as it relates to nutrition. And obviously conducted by a, a sort of objective third-party research institution. Um, and that link is a 13.1% increase in English language arts scores over that period of time. So it becomes easier to have these conversations when you have data linking, you know, the investment in great nutrition for communities to outcomes. And that's, 
you know, where we are fortunate enough to be today. I think to your point of, and so when you're talking to, a, you know, a mayor or a school leader or a parent group, regardless of the politics, we really lean into uh, here's what this investment means for the community um, and here's the data behind it. And then to your point of what defines great nutrition, we've taken a pretty, I think, simple approach to, for us, it is it is what we call real food. It's no artificial anything. It's a really thoughtful composition of, um, you know, the, the way we design our, our plate from a nutritional standpoint, lots of fruits, lots of veggies, um, you know, lean proteins, vegetarian options, um, where desired. Um, we really look at the nutritional composition, but then we also look at um, the the love of the food because, as you guys said, we're parents. And so we know that it doesn't mean much to have a healthy meal if your child or your students aren't going to eat it. So we spend a ton of time focused on what do students want to see in their meals and how do they want to see us design our meals and what menus might we be missing in different areas of the country that are really important culturally. So we marry, you know, the nutrition and ingredient quality with um, what we call kid-inspired chef-crafted design. Is that study available publicly? It is. Oh, we, Absolutely. We'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, we'll Absolutely. Um, I, there are actually two studies that were done on Revolution Foods by third-party institutions, and I can provide both of them. Cool. That would be awesome. Thanks. So you talked a little bit more about the engagement strategy and involving kids, as you say, kid-crafted involving them in the meal creating process. And that I know includes cooking classes, also helping them understand how to make their favorite recipes at home. How else do you engage these customers, in other words, the kids in, in, in their schools? So it's so interesting. We started um, a few years ago a, an initiative called Project Crave. Um, we, <laughs> we basically survey students uh, constantly across the country, taking their feedback on taste, texture, appearance, overall feedback on menus, and then most importantly, which menus are we missing? Um, and we look at what's going well and also what's not going well, because we don't want to keep things um, on the menu that are not resonating. Um, and you always have that with food. You'll have some huge hits and you'll have some that, that aren't as big of hits and that will vary across communities. So we're constantly looking at that. I mean, we have a scale of one to five. Um, we have students rank our menus across the variety of, of criteria. Then our regional chefs actually take that feedback to the, you know, what I call the um, product development or innovation kitchen. And they then craft these culturally and regionally relevant menus. Um, so we look at that very closely. And then on the, the kind of broader um, life, uh, creating lifelong healthy eaters, which we're very passionate about, we partner with several um, nonprofit initiatives. We have a partner called Food Corps um, that is out in schools doing active coaching on uh, nutrition education, getting kind of creating that link between the lunchroom and the classroom and the garden in some cases. Um, so we actually believe there's a mosaic of, of partners um, that come together to create this great environment for students and schools. Yeah, as a mom myself of a young son, I think sometimes the stress can come when creating, quote unquote, the menus for his for his lunches 
as as we kind of run out, tend to run out of, out of ideas. So you have almost the baked in focus group, which I think probably helps a lot. Yes. I, yes, we, yeah. we were very, I'm oh, sorry, good. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I grew up in like the totally different situation, which was a very great loving family, but my mom was just not really that good at making lunches and we didn't have a hot lunch program at my school. So it was like a bologna sandwich every day, you know, but besides that. Um, you may never forget that though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Often made by myself, but I, I don't have any problem with, uh, with keeping the weight on. So I guess it was good for me. Well, let's pivot a little bit. Um, Revolution Foods also cares about reducing food waste uh, by working with schools on providing the right amount of foods. Uh, the company also cares about locally sourced produce. Can you talk about uh, these aspects of your business? Yeah, I mean, we are um, very cognizant. I mean, as, as you guys are probably aware, and I think as the, the country is becoming more aware, um, we throw out so much food as a society and we want to make sure that when we're working with schools um you know there are a couple things we do one is we actually craft menus that that students will enjoy and we've talked a lot about that um but then we also monitor um consumption we monitor the the order rates um you know kind of correlated to the specific menu so that we can let schools know um you know, how to manage over-ordering and under-ordering. In some cases, we're doing that ordering, um, which makes it easier. But it's, uh, um, you know, it, it's something we spend a lot of time on because from a from a food waste and a financial waste perspective, no one can afford to waste food. And I will say that we serve, you mentioned this in the beginning of the, the podcast, but um, 75% of our student body qualify for free and reduced lunch. And that means that these meals, we serve breakfast, lunch, snack, and supper um, across our platform. And that means that these meals are not nice-to-have meals. These meals are students, oftentimes students' reliable meals of the day. Uh, so we take it very, very seriously. We want to make sure there is enough great food to make sure students are nourished and that we're not wasting food because, you know, clearly we want to be able to invest back into um, the great quality that we're able to provide. What is the number one dish nationally? What is, is there one? Is there one? I'm just curious. We have a few. I mean, there's, there's some, you know, very much regional, as you can imagine, regional favorites. Um, you know, I'm thinking one of our, our, you know, newer and super successful menus is a jerk chicken drumstick on top of pineapple brown rice, um, you know, with fruit and vegetables. But that, that would be a regional favorite that's sort of caught on like a house on fire. I think the, you know, classics, I would say we just have an incredible spaghetti and meatballs that is always off the charts popular. Um, we have an incredible uh, teriyaki chicken dish that is incredibly popular. Um, we do have an incredible whole grain uh, pepperoni and cheese pizza that is um, very, very popular and, um, you know, just kind of hits. I was just watching a, one of our pizza service days, which was served with sliced cucumbers and cantaloupe and, you know, lots of smiling faces across the lunchroom. So it's really a combo. And then our, our salads are quite popular too. I mean, we have an amazing um, chef salad and um, sesame chicken salad that are just both great. So it really depends on the region, but we do have a suite of what I would call 
kid classics, if you will, um, that are always popular. And then you kind of dive deeper, you know, in New Orleans, you'll have an incredible red beans and rice and an incredible jambalaya. Um, Whereas in Texas, you might have an incredible pepper jack burger offering. Um, So we're, we've, wait wait a second. Are you on, are you on, are you on Grubhub? Because I'm getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I know I am too. I am too. (laughs) You know, I think the, your, your, great enthusiasm for what you do also comes out when you start talking about the the food that you serve to to the kids as well. Um, I'm wondering in the past 14 years, if you've seen a shift in the conversations around a mealtime as a part of a child's day. Definitely. I think there's more awareness. I mean, you, you kicked off the podcast with statistics around the obesity epidemic and there was a a really profound article yesterday in in the New York Times about the military and the struggle they're having with the obesity epidemic. And I think this is where, um, you know, communities, when we started Revolution Foods, um, there was an acute awareness of diabetes and other, um, you know, nutrition, type 2 diabetes, other nutrition-related diseases that were skyrocketing. So we know today that you know, close to 50% of the children in the communities we serve, you know, will be impacted by type 2 diabetes, which is just an astounding rate. Um, so you have, you know, principals and school leaders who are, are very focused on this issue as a core issue for not only learning in the classroom every day, um, as we discussed in terms of your attention, your engagement, your ability to really focus in class, but also on this concept of lifelong healthy eating and making sure that we're nurturing um, healthy communities in, in the long term, so students into adulthood as well. I think there's just more and more data. I mean, it took us eight years to uh, produce our first study. Um, again, this one was led by Nutrition Policy Institute in UC Berkeley, so separate from Revolution Foods. But as, as the data start, started coming out around this link between academic outcomes and nutrition, you know, the the case for investment in this area as a critical area has just gotten stronger. And that's that's just gotten stronger over time. It must come from more sustained energy or fewer sugar drops, or is that sort of like the part of it? Or it's just, that's not just calories that we're talking about, right? No, I think it's, it's just healthy, kind of healthy satiety in every way, um, making sure, as I call it, fueling, you know, healthy, healthy minds and bodies with, with the right nutrition is really, really key. Um, oftentimes, you know, a lot of studies are done on breakfast being the most impactful in terms of setting students up for success in the classroom. Um, but we focus across the day parts every day. And in fact, we just came out of summer, which tends to be the most vulnerable time for families because there's no school uh, meal program to rely on. So you're thinking quite deeply about social impact. Have you seen a correlation between the financial performance of your company and the social and environmental impact that you've wanted to generate and have generated? Definitely. I mean, I think there's, I have a a saying I always use, which is our values, meaning our social value, our impact values and our purpose-driven values 
connects directly to our value, um, meaning our financial value. So I use that statement, our values create our value, because I, I truly believe that. I think, you know, the differentiation of saying we're going to offer, in our case, a clean label standard that is, um, you know, designed by, again, that, that kid-inspired chef-crafted aspect of what we do, um, creating a great product, um, actually has allowed us to be successful in selling our product into communities because parents and school leaders and, and, you know, food service directors, we work with so many incredible um, food service directors inside of school systems who are looking for a partner to complement the work they're doing. They're very ambitious about, hey, I want to offer the best program to my kids. And, you know, these are the gaps that I need filled by a partner like Revolution Foods. And I think our, our value, um, our ability to sell, our ability to grow, our ability to retain our customers has been driven through our commitment to quality. And that is rooted in our mission as a company. Um, the same thing is happens with job creation. So we are very committed to creating good, I always say it's not just good jobs, but, but careers for people in the communities we serve. So we believe that if you are hiring moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, aunts, uncles, you know, of the students you're serving, you're going to have a much better product because let's face it, I care so much about what I'm serving my, my kids as a mom. And, you know, so does every family member. And so your product's going to be better. Your retention's going to be better. Um, the overall morale of the company and, and commitment to the company is going to be better because of that job creation strategy. So it's, it's really woven throughout our, our being, if you will. Yeah, I love that you touched on your employees because it's something that I, I noted that you, you have about 1,500 employees are there any other ways that you kind of engage your employees and, and help them uh, be a part of the mission at the company? We do. I mean, I was just thinking about the fact that we, uh, we just had a phenomenal summer working with um, Steph and Aisha Curry have a foundation here in the Bay Area called the Eat, Learn, Play Foundation, um, in which both, uh, you know, Stefan and Aisha Curry are committed to solving um, this food access gap for families. And so we spent our summer working with the Eat, Learn, Play Foundation, going to um, the Oakland town camp system. So there's a, a group of town camps throughout the city of Oakland. Actually, they take part um, primarily in parks and recreation. So community parks across the city where we would work in conjunction with the foundation to serve, you know, a, a hot, healthy breakfast, a healthy lunch, and then once a week, a family and community supper. And that was an example of all of our team coming out and helping serve the community, um, you know, getting a chance to interact with the Curry Foundation, which was obviously super exciting and motivating, um, but really just promoting what we call citywide wellness as a whole community effort. And so those are the kinds of initiatives where you can imagine all of our team um, from, you know, myself as the CEO to our prep chefs, to our drivers, to our dishwashers, to our, you know, um, program account managers, like everybody to our finance team, everybody gets excited about the chance to, you know, work in a, at a community supper with the, uh, the Eat, Learn, Play Foundation. So just one, one example of a sort of hot off the press. Tell us how 
the purpose in your work drives you as an entrepreneur? Well, I think it, for me, it's been, you know, almost 15 years of, of my life now that I've been building Revolution Foods. So it's sort of part of my DNA. And, and as you mentioned, um, you know, my, my children were born while starting the company and building the company as an entrepreneur. So, you know, I was laughing with my husband the other day. It's like, if I, you know, my, my, my kids and my family are just as committed to Revolution Foods as I am, you know, it's like, mom, you got to you know, you got to go to work. Kids are, um, you know, expecting their lunch today across the country. And of course, the team is so much broader than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not even that important in the grand scheme of things every day. But, um, you know, that link between being proud of what I'm doing as a parent and as a, a community member and as a CEO um, is a real honor. Um, and I, I feel it constantly. Um, I also, you know, again, we talked about this. It's, it's not all you know, a field of roses. I mean, you go through a lot of challenges when you're trying to drive systems change and it's incredibly humbling and you often, you know, kind of fall on your face and, and get back up over and over again. And so that, you know, purpose and the the bigger belief in what you're doing has certainly fueled me to stay in the game and, you know, continue to work humbly to, uh, to reflect and learn every day and, and put my best foot forward. So it's, it's really woven throughout my experience. I just have two questions left. The first one is, uh, do you still like to cook? <laughs> I love to cook. I love to garden. Um, I just actually uh, planted my garden with, with my two boys. It's a little late in the season, as you can imagine, but better late than never. Um, and, you know, my husband's a better cook than I am. So I have to say, uh, I, uh, if you ask my kids, they'd say, yeah, we love to cook. Dad's better than mom. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do. I do love to cook. And, and I also love to taste, um, taste our meals. And as I said, you know, get out in schools and, and eat with the students. That's probably, you know, I, I always say if you're, you know, if I'm having a hard day or I'm frustrated or I'm, you know, feeling down about the latest challenge, I mean, just get me out into a school with students and teachers and faculty and like everything just lights up because that's where the magic happens. The world's most fun test kitchen, probably. Yes. Yes, it is. It really is, especially when you're taking feedback from students from Houston to New Orleans to Oakland to D.C. to Colorado. It's just, you know, it's constantly amazing. Okay. Well, my last question, which I'm going to steal from Eva, is, you know, where do you see Revolution Foods in 10 years? Like, if you just sort of look forward, you've had this amazing run, just projecting forward, what are some of your goals and thoughts about the future for your company? Well, I think we're in a space where, um, you know, there's so much more work to be done. So I mentioned this concept of systems change, of creating a new standard of respect and quality for the communities we serve, um, of being that, you know, go-to trusted partner of, you know, the incredible people who lead schools and the food service directors within schools and, you know, the city leaders that are engaged in this issue. I think we, there's so much more work to do in this citywide wellness space. And so I think, you know, continuing to expand 
our impact, um, continuing to kind of improve our game every day with our, our product offering um, and the way we can impact schools holistically, whether it's with Food Corps or Eat, Learn, Play or Share Strength. Um, there's so much work to be done there. Um, I also think, you know, continuing and part of this is continuing to equip parents, teachers and students with really the resources they need to improve and, and um, encourage positive nutrition outside of the lunch line. And that's what we do a lot of that with our community partners. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know, we are looking at other adjacencies to have even more impact. And it sounds like a fancy word, but it really just means, you know, how can we take our capabilities as a product design company and a fresh food manufacturing company and a very dedicated community partner and certainly a B Corp um, and social impact company to, you know, help alleviate the food access issue um, in other areas. And I mentioned pre-K, I mentioned potentially vulnerable seniors. So there's just so much more work that we can do with Revolution Foods. Um, and most importantly, when I really take my CEO hat off, um, and just put my kind of mom and community member hat on, you know, I hope to see the industry continue to react and respond and the standard continuing to get higher for um, the communities we serve and the entire nation because we're sort of, you know, with a lot of great partnership from schools and in other organizations and leaders um, really kind of taking excuses off the table of why we can't do better um, for our, our kids and, and families. Um, so I hope to see that systems change continue, not only in Revolution Foods, but in every company that serves the space. That's really exciting. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's been our, our, our absolute pleasure to learn about how your values are creating value. I love that statement. And th thank you again for all the work that you've done for the schools, the children, and, and the other stakeholders that are involved. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure uh, to join you guys. I really appreciate it and um, look forward to hearing your whole series. What a great story. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Once again, it's clear that a business leader with good intentions can create an impressive social, environmental, and ethical impact. There is always a way to put meaning behind the mission of a company, and we can all make a difference. You've taken the first step by listening to the Beyond Capital podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't yet, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, go to beyondcapitalpodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at EA Stevens. And follow me on Instagram at Conscious Investor. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.